Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com, a multi-channel media experience about technology. And, and we're culture. live. We're live. We're here at South by Southwest. We're live. Big noise. Hey. <laughs> Google's AI is really good at providing that artificial crowd yeah, noise for us great. now. It's amazing. Uh, but we're at South by Southwest. We're doing two shows live here, one today, one a couple days from now. I'm Neil Patel, the editor-chief of The Verge. I'm Noid as always by Dieter Brown. Hey, Dieter. Hello. How's it going? Uh, on this episode, Lauren Good is here. Hey, everybody. Hey. Uh, hey, yeah. hey, everybody. It's all right. That worked. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Technology expert Lauren Good will now operate a microphone. And Casey Newton's here. Hi, everybody. You look great this morning. Yeah. We're just going to get right into some news. There's yeah. a lot going on, but kind of not at South By. So yeah. I want to start with Casey and Lauren, because you guys are roaming reporters. You're doing this stuff. Casey, what are you seeing here? So I think the show has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, at least for the first couple of days. I think that might turn around today. Joe Biden is speaking. That's the hottest ticket at South By. It really says a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, the, former James, Vice President Joe Biden. Yeah. James yeah. Comey was supposed to be here, but he backed out. He yeah. did. Yeah. He heard well. about some of the questions I was prepared to ask him, <laughs> and he said, no, thank you. So, yeah, so we haven't seen a whole lot. There's not a social app breaking out that I can tell, but if, if any of the audience, if, you, if you're if you using a, a hot new app, you should let me know. Yeah, or if you've created a new app, just email Casey. It's Casey at the Verge. Yeah, yeah. Neil um, at the Verge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Casey's actually been really, really active on the new Facebook Messenger. Uh, day story Snapchat clone thing, so you can find him there at yeah. South yeah. by Southwest if you're looking for it. Lauren, what are your adventures? What have you been up to? Uh, well, let's see. My South by Southwest started with uh, an interview at the Delta Terminal at LAX, as they often do. Yeah. Uh, and that was really fun. I was supposed to interview some actors that are here, and they kind of backed out. Because, uh, uh, you know, actors. But I did end up interviewing some really interesting technologists. You can find that video on our social pages. Last night, I went to a comedy show. And this morning, more importantly, I saw Dean Bacay, the executive editor of the New York Times, yeah. interviewed by his own media reporter. Mm. So um, hard-hitting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was a lot of, like, well, you're really my boss. <laughs> Let me just ask you this. Which is exactly what this is going to be Although, like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I got interviewed Lauren, what Lauren. have you done today? What well, have you accomplished? I've been filing like a mad How much person, content have I am you produced? Not if Lauren <laughs> interviewed you, you'd be wrecked. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I think the listeners all know that I'm mostly a figurehead. <laughs> 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 I think it's very obvious that I don't do a lot here. But to Casey's point, I think today is going to be a lot more interesting, and it, get, it did kick off with this discussion about the New York Times coverage of Trump. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, the name of the panel was, I think, Covering POTUS, the Failing New York Times, or something like that. And so they just got right into it and what it's like being the New York Times covering Trump right now, um, what it's like to sort of wake up and have the president tweeting about the organization, yeah. how the New York Times plans to cover his tweets, um, and has been covering tweets. Um, so it was, it was a pretty interesting conversation, I'd say. Yeah. It just feels like a very quiet year so far. Yeah. But... I don't know. Brands are here. They'll activate. That's the thing, is that you have to wait for the activations to start. It's inactive by <laughs> definition until then. Well, there's, right. a, there's a Star Wars activation that's like escape the room but not escape the room. You like walk around. I've never puzzles. escaped a room. Should I escape a room? You should <laughs> escape a room. Yeah. Where are the exits in this building, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a HoloLens over there? There's a robot arm there's over here? There's a lot. Here. The robot yeah, arm over cool. there that drew a Verge logo. Um, if you're that. in your car, just imagine a robot arm drawing a Verge logo. It really yeah. speaks for itself. That's just witchcraft <laughs> is what pretty, that is. Not, I think it's actually filing a story right now, which yeah. only goes to show that our jobs are being replaced as yeah. we speak. That's good. It's actually a much better story than anything I've written recently. <laughs> but we should get into some other news. There's sure. actually a lot of Google stuff. 
Google and Levi's are here. Yeah. Uh, classic South by team up. Like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> they love each other. Uh, but like a year ago, they announced uh, a smart jacket. Those are some yes. words I said. I'm going to buy the hell out Project of this jacket. Project Jacquard. 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 Turn off the music. Because you tap it. To okay, so if you don't know, it's a, it's a <sighs> Levi's commuter jacket. Yeah. And it has fibers woven into the left sleeve. Left sleeve, yeah. and they It's are, a little touchpad, basically. Yeah, they're touch sensitive, so you can swipe and tap and draw circles. I don't know. Uh, and it controls your phone, and it has a little, like, Bluetooth cufflink that actually does the work. And then yeah. you take that thing off, and you can wash it because they're just, like, washable fibers. The weird thing about this is, like, I saw the tech, like, what, a year and a half ago. Yeah. It just keeps on taking forever to get released. So it's supposed to come out in spring. Right. Which is the the perfect time to buy a fall jacket. So we all got invited to a Google party last night that got rained out because it's raining in Texas. And then the big sort of announcement was it's delayed until fall. Yay. So really thematically appropriate for their party. (laughs) 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 At least it's happening. Yeah. I I mean, Uh, just the fact that the rain ruined a party about a jacket is like kind of amazing. (laughs) 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 Uh, But it's 350 bucks, which is a lot basically. Well, yeah, I mean, what's a good jean jacket cost that doesn't have touch-sensitive fabric woven into it? Yeah, you're still not <laughs> telling you're really people. setting up the... <laughs> so our reporter, Nick, went to go see this jacket yesterday, and he came back, and I asked him what it did, and he, he basically said everything Dieter said, and I was like, okay, we're like, what does it do? And he's like, well, if you just sort of, like, mash your paw on the sleeve, you can pause the current track, Yeah. and then if you mash it again, it'll restart. <laughs> $350. Enjoy. I mean, how about that voice technology that also does stuff like that now? Wait, it's pretty wait, wait, wait. I'm super buying this jacket. Are wait. you really? I would buy what it would you it... rather do as you walk around? Would you rather scream at your headphones to like, stop the music? Or would you rather like gently like? No, that's true. Do some cool I would stuff. like it more if there were different. This like I'm looking cool at stuff. Dieter's jacket right now, thinking where it's, should the technology be, and like why can't it be in different places? I look at Dieter's why jacket every to... day and think, where should the technology be? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a constant refrain. In look, my if life. I could, if I could go to a store and there's two jackets and one costs fifty bucks more and it has Project Jacquard built into it, Jacquard, I'd pay the fifty bucks. Yeah, I think that's. But the it has move. to be a good jacket that I already want. I'm not going to go buy a. It also has to be for sale, which is a problem yeah, that Google fair. seems to be having with all of. Their you got a products. Pixel though. Your Pixel finally arrived. Pixel's seven finally months here. later. Uh, I'm really into it. Your photos I had, look lovely. I had a, a terrible crisis of confidence because I got it the day before I came here, and I was like, "Am I going to turn off iMessage and switch SIMs the day before I leave for five days?" The struggle is real. And I was like, "No, I'm not. Like, no, I'm not going to just be like, I will get no text messages for five days." So I have two phones today. That's good. But I keep wanting to use the Pixel. So Google actually did a thing today. They might have the app of South by Southwest. What? Oh, tell us about it's this. It's called Uptime. <laughs> You've you described another it to me messaging twice, app, and it's, I still don't really understand. It's made it. by this this thing called Area One Twenty, which is uh, like Google's I don't know incubator division. Where if you want to quit and go make an iPhone app, like what if you didn't quit and you just made an iPhone app here? And so they just they made an iPhone app that is designed to you find a friend and then you watch a YouTube video together and then you put smiley faces on the YouTube video. It's basically Facebook Live but for watching YouTube. 
Yeah. But your and it's messaging app. Your little icons go around. Yeah, they, they, they float around. They travel the around. A ra- they're like racing as around you're a circle watching. as you're watching. Yeah. So it's basically a kind it's of nonsense. progress. It's fun. It's fun. It's, it's cute. I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing that's app. just eventually just going to be built in. If it works, will just be built into the YouTube. I don't app. know. I don't know how Google wants me to communicate with anyone. Right? Neither, like neither it's, Google. it's deeply unclear what Google's like yeah. core conviction is. And now their idea is: what if you watch videos together while your icons raced around a circle, like? Throwing hard eyes at each other, which I guess now that I say it out loud, is actually really pretty, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really pleasant, actually. I don't know. I but, I want to talk more about Google stuff. There's all this other stuff happening. They can recognize objects in videos. Yeah. So they had this conference, Google Cloud Next, at the Moscone Center uh, in San Francisco, and I went, and uh, I regret every minute of it. It was the most <laughs> boring thing I've ever gone to in my life. But they announced a bunch of stuff, so like. They can recognize stuff in video, which is just yeah. crazy. So the, the, the leap I want to take from there is that's great. But what they can actually do is then create videos. So they can watch videos, and then they can generate new videos yeah. based on what they've noticed about you watching other videos. So they're, they're automatically editing stuff together based yeah. on things you've they they stitched They can be like, together. you How watched a bunch of kitty videos. We've made it? a video that's all of the best parts of the other kitty videos. Yeah, huh. so like, like the How do you know is, I watch cat videos? Because they, they know you watch cat videos. Guess. They know when you they know when you <laughs> stop watching them. But they, they can identify I've seen your Instagram, in Lauren. I know that you make a lot of cat videos. How's, how's your cat doing? How's He's one. I miss him. He's great, though. By the way, my cat, Hard rough turn. Android the was cats. named was after Nougat. my cat, in case you didn't know. We're going to talk about Lauren's cat. Okay, so Casey, I'm just going to let you pop off about Facebook Messenger. I'm ready to go. So messaging, I think we all know, is a disaster for every company that isn't, doesn't lock you in with their iPhone. Right. Right. So it's like hyper-competitive right now. Snap just IPO'd. It seems like Mark Zuckerberg has a hard directive to every one of his lieutenants just copy Snapchat as much as you can. Yes. So Instagram, I think, we were talking about this last night. Instagram yeah. has done, I think, the best job of just like boxing in Snapchat. I agree. WhatsApp put out a Stories clone, and then Messenger did something, and you, yeah. I believe, hate it. I don't think it's going well. Do you guys have this new update, Messenger Day? Does this make it any sense to you? Okay. Do you use Facebook Messenger, or is that not hot? No. These people, people are respect their privacy. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. They Ask them if they use Hangouts. No, yeah. no. What do you use? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you use? What do you guys use? Huh? iMessage. Telegram. iMessage. I I use Telegram. Telegram. Oh, Some signal oh users out here. Snapchat, the government's watching you. Allo. We found Allo. Who is Allo? Liar. The guy they, in the front row with the checkered shirt. Come to my show. We're going to tag face. you and release you back into the wild so you can be <laughs> studied. Here's the, here's the thing about Facebook <laughs> Messenger. Uh, is that it used to just be a list of messages and then you would type on your keyboard and people would receive them and it, you, it really, they had a nice thing going. Now, <laughs> you open it and uh, the first third of the screen is just your friends' faces uh, just being like, hey, I'm in Austin, I'm eating a taco. Uh, and you're supposed to respond to these and it literally is just Snapchat inside of what was previously a text-based yeah. texting app when I, and people uh, are revolting. When I look at it, it because it's revolting, because it's oh, revolting. It like, uh, when I look at the whole screen right for now. Messenger, there's like a bunch of faces. I yeah. see three chats and then a bunch of faces, some more yeah. faces, birthdays. It's been Amrator's birthday for like three years now. Every day, it's, it's always his birthday. <laughs> it, it's and then like, yeah. the rest of my messages are actually like, it's impossible 
to just type it. It's, it's gotten site. very bloated, and I think that's what happens when you are driven by data and not a more intuitive sense of how human beings actually want to communicate, right? This is Snapchat's strength, is that Evan Spiegel and his product people have a very good sense for the way that people really want to interact, and Facebook doesn't. Facebook just wants to look at spreadsheets and decide how they can, you know, uh, optimize engagement yeah. by 3% more, and the result is a messaging app that looks like Microsoft Office. So, you know, we'll Which see what the dream. effect is. Which is your dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll see what the effect Days, but uh, the early uh, reviews have been pretty bad. And, uh, you know, I'm not a heavy WhatsApp user, but my WhatsApp status, which is essentially the same thing uh, that Messenger Day is, is completely empty. Like, nobody's yeah. using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's crazy to me that when Snapchat first started, people complained about the interface so much. And they were like, oh, God, it's terrible. It's confusing. There's so many swipes and taps. I don't know what to do. And now everyone's like, Snapchat messaging, brilliant. And Facebook Messenger was essentially this utility. And now it's become this ridiculously bloated thing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me pine for the interface of Snapchat, which is a thing I mm-hmm. never thought I would say. Yeah. I loud. just want Gchat to come back. <laughs> just not, get, uh, not, everybody loved it. Nope. Who didn't love it? Not coming back. Look, never. I, I, somewhere. Here, here's the bigger it's question. It's on a whiteboard in G- Sundar's office somewhere. It's, no, like it's on plan- a Jamboard. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> why? That's what they're called. Stop I'm, saying Jamboard. That's why I'm no sorry. one will take the idea seriously. <laughs> Sooner's like, I'm not doing any of these fucking Jamboard ideas. <laughs> Stop rolling that in here. Here's my question for the panel. Yes. Okay. There's this idea out there that is driving all of this, which is that the keyboard is the interface of the past and the camera is the interface of the future. And that we're moving away from a world where we're going to use text to communicate and it's all just going to be us trading images back and forth. Do you accept that uh, to be true? And uh, are we too old to understand how that's going to work? <laughs> yes, the children of the future will be dumber than ever. Right. No, I completely disagree with that. Yeah. I think, if anything, what we've learned is that these products are segmenting super hard. And the tablet zone is confusing. It's like it's become this consumption device. And most people want a laptop and a phone. And fine, they're going to communicate with a phone. And it's very quick to communicate visually with a phone. But that just means your written communication is going to get richer in some way. And no one solved that problem. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, here's what I'll say. I don't love typing on a keyboard and taking a picture is way easier. But it turns out that language is a pretty good means for communicating information abstracted from what you're seeing. It's a pretty good invention. And there should be a way to continue to use it on a phone. And a picture just isn't language. Yeah. It's, a, it's a language, but like, I need to tell you I'm going to be late. I'm not going to send you a picture. Wait, wait. What? <laughs> I'm going to definitely start doing that to you because I'm always late. And I'm just going to start sending you cryptic <laughs> photos. What if you just send me a picture <laughs> when you're go. not going to be late? And then I'll never then hear I'll, from you I'll again. I'll never send you any photos. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a writer's bias. I think we are writers, and I think for yeah. as long as I live, I will have a writer's bias where I, for me, sitting down and typing something and being like, meanwhile, at the Driscoll, Neil, I was having important meetings. Like, well, I was well, just, what am I doing? I was just thinking no. about, like, I don't, writing something about I was going to drink Bud Light all day, but do I have to... <laughs> no, I, have I mean, I just think meeting. that's always going to be something that I turn to. Um, yesterday's podcast, uh, the Too Embarrassed podcast with Mary Lou Jepsen, we talked a little bit about how she, her newest startup, they're looking at neural activity and how you'd basically wear this ski cap that would monitor your neural activity and then put images out there in the world based on what you're thinking, uh, which is this crazy, awesome, futuristic idea. But there's a certain, there are all these ethical and interesting complications that come up when you're talking about just 
using voice control, pressing buttons, and not really thinking about. I think there's a little bit of a th perhaps a thoughtlessness yeah. that can happen with communication when you're not actually taking the time to sit and write. Yeah. Also, the moment at which my thoughts become visible is the moment I'm just sent to jail and never <laughs> seen again. <laughs> this this technology. How can we go back in time and prevent this from well, being so invented? Many, there are so many things a photo can't do. Like, what are the most viral photos they are like memes. They have text on them. Right. Because you need to enhance that photo in some way. Like, you can't deliver an insult to someone. I'm thinking of you personally. Things that you would want to do <laughs> and communicate. Like, you, you can't do that just by taking, like, a photo of your own face. Right. You have tried many times <laughs> to deliver a cutting insult just by showing what your face looks like. There's things people want to do. You can't really tell a joke yeah. with just a photo. Yeah, I agree. And so it sounds like we're on the same page that there's value in human language, so there's our hot take <laughs> from the but so the question is like the first cast everybody. Yeah, man, good night. Uh, but the question is like, is there still going to be a a text centric messenger in the future, or is every single one going to morph into this, you know, say it with your face type of thing? Like that's the open question. I so I think there's actually a really cynical reason behind that push, uh, which is I don't think anyone would accept advertising in their text chats. So like as I'm He's talking, about to steal my idea. Well, it comes from me. By I'll the just, way, I'm just gonna. No, no, you go. If you're in your car, what I'm doing is I'm you're awkwardly cool. passing an invisible ball to Dieter. But uh, you know, like this. That's what you did. Uh, uh, I'm a professional it. mime. <laughs> it didn't go well. Mime yeah. is always so great on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's no, the best radio. But like you would never accept if I was texting with you. Just Google being like, and they're trying with Aloe in some way to be like, hey, we're reading what you're writing. And Why don't you go this. to this coffee shop to meet your friends? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But with Snapchat, shop. what they've done with stories particularly well yeah. is you're clicking along and then all of a sudden it's like an ad. Right. And that is very valuable. That yeah. means they can monetize this interface directly, like the, which is your whole the, thing. Yeah, the, the core innovation in stories is it sounds dumb, but instead of scrolling by moving your thumb up, you're swiping by moving your thumb to the left and it becomes a pain interface instead of a single sheet that moves. On a single sheet that moves or in text, if that gets interrupted by an ad, you're like, what the shit? This is no, un uncool. Uh, but when you're swiping between things that change, bop, 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 if one of those bops is an ad, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the way the world works. Right. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, it's just Conditions like it's a magazine magazines. reinvented. Yeah. Exactly. And so when, when everybody is copying Snapchat, it's not that they're so deeply in love with the magic of stories and telling your day and you know look at this interface. It's that, oh, shit, they figured out a way that people will accept ads that they didn't accept before. We need to get in on that. Yeah, and that's what you want everywhere is nonstop intrusive advertising <laughs> in all of your communications. Yeah, we say as we sit inside a giant advertisement <laughs> made out of National Geographic. No, but National Geographic is great, and I really appreciate all the work they do. <laughs> Please subscribe. They gave, me, they gave me this beer. Yeah, they got a beer. We're sitting here. That's great. It's good. Open bar. Yeah. All the brands at the bar are great, too. My favorite boozes from all yeah. around the world. Next Vergecast is going to be from Antarctica, <laughs> yeah, so be exactly. sure to stay tuned. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna tell us we're going to Antarctica, <laughs> and we're just never coming back. <laughs> That's how National Geographic puts the kibosh on you. We've got a great idea for a they're mini series. Like, we really hope that smartwatch works for you out there in the wild. No, we're seriously I mean? we're we're definitely scheduled to do two episodes of this. Can, we're now definitely just doing this. One. 
Is, is Messenger, like, existentially in trouble? Do they need to dial this back, or is it just this is the way that things look now? It's actually sort of an interesting question. I don't think it's existentially in trouble in the sense that they're just going to, like, have to get rid of it or something. Right. It has hundreds of millions of users, but most people assume that their engagement is pretty low, so the amount of messages that people are, sp are sending per day on Messenger is much less than what you would find on something like Snapchat. And the other big thing to think uh, about with Messenger is they made this big push into bots last year, right, <laughs> which was going to be the other way that they monetize was by helping you interact with business and taking a cut off of sales, and that just totally flopped. So that flopped. So if, if this advertising-based push into stories flops as well, uh, then... I have know, a question. I, does any, outside of like the Echo or Google Home or Siri, does anybody interact with a bot at all? We've got a hand raised over there. Well, there's, there's the one Aloe user, like, he's like, yeah, <laughs> all the fucking time, because that's the only thing to do in Aloe. <laughs> Just me and the robot. Anybody else? Any other humans? We got one. We've got a couple over here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. What Did you bot write stuff the bot do you yourself? Do? Slackbot. Slackbot. Okay. Oh, and South by Bot. Oh, it's okay. okay. Yeah. So a couple nerd-specific bots are yeah. in invading the world. I just think it's it hasn't happened. Yeah. But it, I think the voice stuff will kind of make it happen, which is an excellent way for me to segue into a lengthy rant about Sonos. <laughs> I'm really mad about the Sonos Playbase. Yeah, I we, understand that it is a low interest product for everyone but me. Although Casey's very angry about it too. I just yelled you about like, it a lot. We should, you just we love should failure. Describe what the Playbase is. Yeah, take the Play Bar from three years ago, the Sound Bar, and Which then $700, make it seven hundred dollars, right? Really big and flat, mm -hmm. and do nothing else to it. And, 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 and then put your TV on top of it and lower the price to four hundred. Eh, whatever. Well, I'm just gonna, you know, for those Fair. out there that are yeah, yeah. wondering about the price. No, the Playbase is seven hundred dollars. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I thought I was lower priced for some reason. No, no, no. no, no, no. Do not listen it's, to what I just said. So, Sonos so has a new CEO. You interviewed yep. Patrick Spence. Patrick Spence. You interviewed him. He says all the right things, uh, but hasn't done them yet, Yeah, is what I will say. And their big dream is that they're going to sell you a distributed speaker system in your house where you can talk to every voice assistant. Yeah. Well, and issue commands to all of them. Yep. So, like, you can say Alexa or Hey Siri or whatever, and it will, like, do the back end and go talk to the right assistant. Yeah, so Sonos' core claim is because they are, they are in Santa Barbara, not Silicon Valley, they're the Switzerland of smart assistants, and everybody... I often think of Santa Barbara as being Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's, it's got it's fine chocolates, no. Europeans. Yeah, there you go. Aquine features. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they think that Amazon and Google and Apple and, I don't know, whoever else makes it an assistant, Microsoft, are all going to be totally fine to all have all their assistants listening at the same time on Sonos' speaker system because Sonos is the Switzerland of speakers. Right. Yeah. And that uh, they're going to link fairly to yeah. all of the services that in you order, can possibly yeah. listen to. In order to achieve that future, they have to A, make sure that those companies let them do it, and B, here's an important thing, they need to put microphones in their shit. Yeah. Which they didn't do with their brand new $700 speaker. Right. Which makes no sense. Yeah. That's also, the speaker DOA. doesn't have HDMI inputs. Like, yeah. If you're making a home theater thing, and people, there's a lot of arguments about this, but I just don't think you should make a $700 home theater speaker that doesn't accept HDMI in. How does yeah. it actually sound compared to the initial $700? Uh, so Chris Welch went and listened to it. He says it sounds great. Yeah. Um, I'm sh it's, I have a bunch of Sonos speakers. They all sound great. Like They're fine speakers. I think their problem is... They're just so high on their own supply that, like, we're the simplest way to listen to music. We have the simplest way to distribute music. They've forgotten that there are many, many other ways to do that now. So it's, like, a lot cheaper to buy a bunch of Google Cast devices and stream music all over your house right. if you have services that are compatible with Google Cast. It seems yeah. like they're really... Sonos is just 
totally double down on this idea that they're selling to audiophiles or selling to people who really want hi-fi, you know, super great sounding stuff, while maybe missing the fact that even if someone buys a crappy speaker, like an Echo Dot, which yeah. is a totally crappy speaker, and to some extent the Echo, that's still money and hundreds of dollars that someone is going to spend on something else and possibly not spend on a Sonos, even though they offer two completely different value propositions. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you offered somebody a Sonos Play One, which sounds great. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're only uh, 199 bucks. Yeah, and Wait, they, really? they sound, yeah, yeah, they're not uh, super expensive. Right. And then you offered them an Echo, which sounds awful, but is clearly easier to use because you can just talk to it. I think a great number of people would just pick the Echo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's dying to put a huge piece of plastic under their TV. Also, Bose makes that product. And if you're just going to buy a huge speaker to put under a TV, you can get it for 300 bucks. So the only people who care about this product are people who already have a Sonos system and they want another speaker for their bed. It's just very confusing. Yeah, also, people are going to pick one voice assistant for their house. Yeah. I honestly believe that. Like, it's hard enough to learn the interface for one. The idea that you're going to pick a speaker because you can speak to five at the same time is insane. No, but I think that's how you address the market. And also, I think a lot of people have Siri and Alexa in their lives already. Sure, but not. They're, I don't think they're super happy about it. Or I, or I think they like probably choose to use one a lot more than they use the other. Or they use them essentially interchangeably because the set of commands is basically the same. Yeah. No, I disagree again. <laughs> All right. I think the reason that you have Alexa in your life is because you want it to do house stuff. Yeah. It's like ambiently around you. Yep. And the Siri HomeKit stuff is in some cases better, in some cases worse, but Alexa just owns that space. And then when you leave the house, you have your phone with you and you might talk to Siri. But series of, to me at least, it's about like what's happening on your phone. Right. When you're out and about, where Alexa's like, what's happening in your house, right? Sure. It was like, neither of those things are really going to differentiate a Sonos speaker, right? Like, yeah, you're not going right. to be more excited by Sonos because it has Siri in it. Right. As long as these, everything is still kind of a walled garden, even if you have five assistants in the same speaker, you're still ultimately going to default to the voice assistant that's going to bring you to the service you want. Right. You, I can't imagine many even thinking to say, like, Alexa, open my iTunes or play. It's just not going to happen that way. I guess to your point, I think to, to your point, you can have five assistants in the same speaker and ultimately you're just going to use one or two. Right. Yeah. But if you want to sell speakers to everybody, which Sonos has to do, they can, I don't think they can just sign the deal with Amazon and be like, it's Alexa now, right? But, they have signed a deal with Amazon, but that's so you can buy an Echo Dot and light up your Sonos, yeah. which I'm very excited oh, about. And doing. They also, that's the other thing is they haven't shipped like a, a full Alexa skill yet because they're trying to have a deeper integration. So like their claim is when they finally like you can buy a dot and stick it on top of your Sonos, right? So buy the Play One, put the dot on top of it. Uh, can you line actually? In. Oh, you can put a line in. I didn't but, think you could do Sonos. Yeah, but it doesn't like fully integrate yet because they want to have they want to live in a world where. You ask Alexa to play Apple Music on your Sonos, and there's like three partnerships that have to happen there, and like three translation layers. Alexa needs to know that you like Apple Music, but Alexa doesn't talk to Apple Music, but Sonos talks to Apple Music, so they gotta like do this whole like jigsaw puzzle of crap. And they, that's like, they're, they're waiting. The story of Sonos is like, we know what the perfect solution is, and we're gonna have it for you in three years. Yeah. And that's always been their story. And people wonder why vinyl is resurging in popular. <laughs> <laughs> right, doesn't that just seem easier? Like, I'm just gonna walk over there and play some music, and then just like turn up the volume, and it'll be fine. It just seems very complicated to me. Yeah, this company sucks. What else we got? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to rant right about players. All right. So, I don't know if you guys have been following this. I am personally tracking 
the day-to-day movements of FCC chairman Ajit oh. Pai. Does he share his location with you on, on Find My Friends? <laughs> Has he agreed to come on the Verge cast yeah. yet? Uh, well, you know, he's relaxing those privacy rules, so I just know where he is. Uh, so Jake this week yeah. uh, wrote a big thing. There's a move afoot. So when the FCC reclassified the internet under Title II, they're granted some new powers to regulate the internet. One of the things that the FCC did with that power was affirmatively tell internet service providers you can't share data, you can't share browsing data, you can't share information about what websites people visit, all this stuff with other parties without getting consent. In fact, you shouldn't do it, just don't do it. This FCC is rolling that back. They've halted the implementation of that and Congress is going to pass a law just like wiping it off the books entirely. So I have a conspiracy theory. Which is? I'm just going to do it. No, I, I, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's fact. I know what his theory is, but like... The thing that, before you get into your thing, the thing that boggles me is the FCC is basically saying, with a little bit of like hand-waving and talking about the FTC, Verizon and AT&T and Comcast can look at the websites you visit and then sell them to advertisers or to whomever they want, and they don't need to even tell you they're doing it. I don't understand why the entire internet isn't on fire with anger about yeah. it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like nobody's no, nobody can notice because they're too busy seeing all the other crap that's happening. Yeah, that your browsing habits, you like you. Uh, sorry, you go to a porn site in incognito. Comcast still knows that. No, <laughs> <laughs> they can see it. Someone at Comcast is like, ah, another hot night. <laughs> it's getting wild. <laughs> Uh, no, this is the thing. We used to, we did a story, I can't remember if it was AT&T or Verizon's data center, where we went to their data center and they have to make their jobs seem interesting, so they all build these like war game style rooms where they're like, this is the internet. And it's like, who looks at this? They're like, you, just come back whenever you want. We're so bored. Uh, but they build these huge walls, like data walls, and they're like, that's all the porn. And that one's all Netflix. And it's like, here's the internet. And it's like one-third Netflix and like two-thirds porn. <laughs> porn industry yeah, leading it's like the way once again. Uh, so, th- I mean, they know. They're, 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 very, they're hyper-aware of this stuff. Yeah. So what's happening is, I think if you just add up all the... This is truly a conspiracy theory. Okay. This is some Alex Jones shit I'm about to do. But it's like a live audience. I'm going to start screaming, turn red, and take off my shirt any second. <laughs> it's going to be great. But it, all the pieces line up. So Verizon in particular has gotten in trouble several times for injecting a super cookie into every network packet. So if you have a Verizon phone, they're literally tracking on a packet level what you do with that phone. Uh, they've been told to stop. They changed it so you could opt out, but they still it's still there, which is, it's like a dance around the rule. They're like, we're just not... Do you need to explain what a super cookie is? It's a cookie that's super. Okay. Great. You guys all know what a website cookie is, right? I, mean, I think Vergecast listeners know. Yeah. So super cookie, you can clear your cookies on the browser level. You can clear that data on sort of a mobile phone. You can like push the button on the iPhone, get rid of all that tracking data. Yeah. You can do it on Android phone. Verizon just does it at the network interface level. Yep. So you can't just like clear it. And even if you could, it would be a Verizon user interface. So it would be like punishing <laughs> and hard to use and probably not work. And then charge you $39. <laughs> so they're already tracking this data on a super granular network level. Yep. Their old lawyer, Ajit Pai, who's now the chairman of the FCC, He's wiping out these rules. They're buying AOL and Yahoo, mm-hmm. yep. which is just... Pause for laughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their whole plan with that is to build an ad tech stack to compete with Google and Facebook. I think all they're going to do is say, like, we built an ad tech stack. We've integrated it into the network, the Verizon network. Don't buy ads from Google. Buy ads from us because we can track customers better than everybody else. Yeah. 
and they're, the, the, re- the regulatory framework is good. They're clearing the decks of everything that would stop them from doing that. Mm-hmm. And their argument, which is amazing, is, well, Google built a business on the internet selling advertising and tracking you. Why can't we? And the answer is that Google provides you services for free in addition to tracking, it, right. like in exchange. Well, but the other yeah. thing is Google's like, ad track, Google's tracking, <laughs> this is... Like, this is a bad metaphor, but I'm going with it. Get and then you're going to hit me because you're going to be mad at me. Finally, some violence on the show. All of the ad tech right now yeah. is over the top. It's uh, not built into the core of what the network is. Right. And like if you what, don't want Google to track you, there's ways to get around yeah, it. Yeah, right. don't use Pretty Google. Simple. I was just going to say, yeah. don't use, use an Google. ad blocker. It's mm-hmm. all stuff that is, like, on top of the core of, like, what the Internet is. The Internet is, like, TCPIP and HTTP yeah. and, like, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. That, acronyms. The internet is acronyms. Yeah. Is, is the thing you Especially letters. Right. Uh, uh, but increasingly pictures as well. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh. You know, it's, uh, it's mostly letters. But now, but Verizon wants to make, like, <laughs> add to all, like, the core technologies that make the internet run. Just put in ads and tracking. Yeah. Like, that's the move. And I think uh, the uh, other ISPs are all going to do it, too, because they're going to see the business, yep. and they're going to say... We have this data about what you do. It's the same kind of data that Google and Facebook collect. We want to monetize it in the same way. The difference is, if you're a Verizon customer, you can't just stop it. Right. right? right. It's like very hard. Whereas if you're a Facebook customer and you hate Facebook, you, you stop can using stop the service. it. Right. And I, I just think that is actually, I, I agree with Dieter, I don't know why the world is not on fire. How many of you trust your ISP out here? Anybody, like not any Comcast person. employees out here? Uh, not seeing any hands for the record. How many I just assume I just assume Comcast follows me around with a sniper at all times. <laughs> <laughs> They're just waiting. They're like, all right, like phone it, like Brian Roberts. At my command. <laughs> yeah. He's got it. He's like, just do it. <laughs> he's it's he's annoying again. Um, yeah. Disclosure, Comcast invests in our company. Yeah, media. there it is. <laughs> That's your disclosure for the day, everybody. <laughs> but honestly, how many of you like really trust your broadband provider to have your best interests at heart? Right? How many of you no. really trust your wireless carrier to not fuck you over at the first? Well, I see sign. no hands raised yeah. here in the audience. Yeah. How many people just really don't often think about this stuff? Be honest. Yeah. 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 Right. So I, to, to me, I, it's just hands. one of those things. But how many of you worry about Google and your privacy? Right. How yeah. many of you yeah. worry yeah. about Facebook so and privacy? A lot of Why hands is that? Raised. Because the the explicit nature of the exchange that you make with Google and Facebook is Gmail is free, but Google gets to read your email. Whatever it is, the fuck that Facebook does is free. <laughs> but like, they get your pictures and your status messages, and you think about that exchange and the value that you give to them in, ex- in exchange for what they give to you. Right. No one thinks about that. You th- what most people think about is I pay my internet provider some money, and they provide me with a set of bad experiences. Right. Uh, and often right. overcharge me and, and cause me to pay yeah. more money. And really, really interesting customer service calls. Yeah, yeah. you pay yeah. for those too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah, that's the great. thing. Like the thing that you Comcast actually started Facebook training tracking. actors to make those even more exciting. <laughs> like they're gonna they're gonna get to do all the ads tracking stuff that Google and Facebook get to do, and they get to charge you money for the privilege of being tracked. That's a pretty right. good business. Yeah, it actually is. I will say this. It sounds like a great business. <laughs> like, I wish that I had thought of it they, and they, started They're Verizon. just going to use all the parts of the cow, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the move? Because last night we were talking about this. Dieter yeah. looked, he looked distraught. Yeah. Despondent. Because mm-hmm. the last time the net neutrality stuff happened, there was this huge outcry. There was mm-hmm. push. Yep. There was angry articles. Websites blacked out. Websites blacked out. 
Why don't you? Why isn't any of that happening right now? No, I don't know. Like, is it Trump is too distracting in general? I think Trump is too distracting. I think that the thing that happened with like SOPA and PIPA and even net neutrality is there were crystallizing moments that were very easy to rally around and say, "Hey, this is happening. Stop this thing," and people can do that. But this is not like the crystallizing moments look smaller and are happening in a miasma of other shit that's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it's like. They're, it's just accretive, and so if if you you know they're boiling the frog basically, and we're the frog. Yeah, but not that that metaphor is actually data true. frog. Data frog. That's my new startup. Yeah. I'm watching it here at South by Southwest. <laughs> I think uh, I'm 100 percent sure data frog is already a company. <laughs> <laughs> you, there will be tweets at you within five minutes with a link to their website. Yeah. Uh, I just Googled data grog, I, which is yeah. a different thing. I was just going to say, my boyfriend w works in fraud, and he says on a regular basis, people misinterpret what he's saying as frog protection, <laughs> not fraud protection. <laughs> so that is a common thing. But I think what you're talking about, I think, A, it's, there are some very complicated technical issues that mm -hmm. people on some fundamental level may not understand, including journalists. Uh, and it's something that we all have to really read into and research. Um, I think some people just demonstrated it's not something they're really thinking about regularly. And I think to your point, the whole boiling the frog analogy, the, the frog protection um, <laughs> that um, you know you're saying this is going through Congress and Congress is likely going to roll this back but there have been a lot of things proposed in the past few months and people have said well that bill's never going to pass and I think right. a lot of people just kind of have that attitude or that understanding of how government works in general uh, that things don't necessarily get pushed through and so maybe some of it some of the lack of reaction is due to that too people thinking well this isn't actually going to happen even though it sounds like it is yeah. Can, I, can I just say, I'm so excited when these nice people go home and like, oh, how is your South By? They're going to be like, well, I went to this uh, ad tech podcast inside the <laughs> National Geographic House and it had an open bar. Like, that just makes me excited. That is South by Southwest. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. like fundamentally yes. what, what happens here. That's right. <laughs> Look, here's what I want this podcast to provide over the next year. A crippling sense of anxiety. <laughs> I think I just heard people drinking more. Yeah. You can actually hear people drink. Isn't that yeah. that's like every it. podcast yeah. for me now? Like <laughs> even like the ones I used to like. Okay, uh, speaking of podcasts, yeah. I'm going to talk about Anchor. You are obsessed. Oh yeah, with oh, this is this is nice. This is this is a, a, a fun social app. I encourage that you to tracks check everything it out. you do. Yeah. <laughs> At the packet level. It's basically Snapchat stories for audio. Uh, they they're a couple years old. They just released a new version. It's really nice. And the basic idea is you record a short snippet of yourself talking about whatever you like. And then you can dress up your clips with uh, music or these professionally recorded sound effects. Or people can call into your show and you can add their comments onto your own clip. And so you can have kind of a, a radio vibe. So, you know, the problem with most of the audio uh, social apps that I've tried so far is that everything just sounds like a really long voicemail. But it turns out that if you put enough effects on it, it does kind of start to feel more like a professionally produced podcast, more like radio, and so they're having a kind of having a moment right now, and it's a it's a fun new thing, and I like fun new social things that aren't just Snapchat clones. Yeah, my my favorite thing about it, like all these new apps, is it lowers the barrier to entry, mm -hmm. so it's actually really easy to use and like distribute this other form of thing. I really want us to start using it in various ways. Yeah. Uh, mostly just Casey ranting at things as he walks around. It's my crazy rants. But I, it's legitimately one of the first apps I've seen in a long time that is not, as you said, not a clone of something else, but also makes it easier to create and distribute like stuff in a way that feels real as opposed to forced. Like, Aloe, I hate to keep picking on Aloe. <laughs> By the way, in my mind, you are just a one-to-one -one Aloe representative. You are Aloe. This is your fault. 
Can we? Can he be on the show tomorrow? Yeah. I, like, we we, yeah, we didn't take Google. your picture. And you every time you write about Allo, we're gonna use you. Yeah. Oh my God! It's his birthday. Happy birthday! Did the robot tell you that? Guy in the front row at a comedy show right now. That just the, the comedian picked on, and you're just gonna get roasted for the rest of the show. I hope yeah. you don't. You don't no, mind. It's fine. Allo will calm him down later. We'll soothe him. I was I was insulted today. No, but like that interaction to me feels really forced, right? Like. We're going to create a new way for everybody to talk to the internet. You have to download this messaging app. You have to think about talking to a robot. Anchor is one of those things where it feels like, oh, this is the thing I've actually always wanted to do. On the flip side, it is also just voicemail. Yeah. Like It's basically just like, I'm going to lead a, a long string of public voicemails for people. Yeah. But maybe that's what we need in our lives. <laughs> maybe. Maybe More that's voicemail. what we're all missing. Well, like, Personally, I think we're missing jelly in our lives. Okay, wait. Speaking <laughs> of voicemail, that was all just a long build-up. Yeah. Paul is not here with us. I think you may have noticed that, audience, <laughs> unless you've assumed that he's like hiding in the corner. Paul didn't make it stop by, but he basically left us a voicemail because he does a segment every week on this show. It's the same, so, same name every week. Same name every week. Yeah. I've asked that we all dim the lights, if that is still possible, Andrew. Out of respect. And, and, <laughs> out of respect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's roll it. Let's run, let's run Paul's segment. Dear Neelai and Dieter, this is Paul. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for inviting me to South by Southwest, or as I like to call it, Southy South. Sorry I couldn't come. The thing is, I just hate barbecue, tacos, and live music in that order. I do love brand activations, though. Sorry to miss out on those. Is there a wrecking ball this year? I hope there's a wrecking ball. Hit me up on Snapchat if you find it. There's a segment I do every week, no matter if I'm physically present or just back at home, not doing much and wondering how my good friends Neelai and Dita are doing when they're far away. It's called Friendship is Like a Keurig. This week, Ashley Carmen reviewed a smart garden for the home that is, uh, it's not hydroponic. You subscribe to these soil pods and they, um, then they grow plants out of the soil pods. And it's kind of like a curry. It's called a Click and Grows Wall Farm Mini. And uh, it's pretty cool. And I wish I was with you so we could talk about it and laugh about it. But I guess you just have to go to the website, theverge.com slash circuit breaker and just look it up. But it's, it's a good one. It's a real good review. She did a great job. And I think farming is a good metaphor for the things that we care about. So have a good time at Southie South and say hi to the wrecking ball for me. Your friend, Paul. 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 Thanks, Paul. We miss you, Paul. <laughs> say hi to the wrecking ball for me. Paul. Was that here? I was like listening to no, that. Yes. Think, is it, wait. At, it, it was, I believe, two years ago at the yeah. Mashable House, there was a wrecking ball because Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball was a new, fun new song at the time. And famously, uh, AOL's digital prophet, Shingy, rode the wrecking ball in a now iconic South South photo. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling Mashable exists just to employ Sam Sheffer? 100%. <laughs> and I'm going to say, not the worst use of their money. I mean, they started that whole thing, and they're like, we don't know what this is for, but one day Sam is going to make it's this to, make it's sense. It's so that it could actualize yeah. Sam. <laughs> in my dream, by the end of this year, they just rename it Sheffable. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen. Let's do it. Ha let's get hashtag Sheffable trending on all social media, please. <laughs> uh, all right, Dieter. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about this on the show. Lauren, I'm curious what you think, too. The Galaxy S8 is just leaked. It's just out. <sighs> it's just everywhere too in the world. It just exploded onto the scene. <laughs> wow. 
so bad for them. Yeah, I feel I feel really bad for the giant faceless multinational corporation that just brought down the South Korean president. When are those guys gonna catch a break? Fair. It is just really complicated. Like Sam Byford wrote that piece about. Oh, what I wrote the piece like four times. Yeah. It's like here's the guy, and he's gonna be the guy, but then there's like some corruption, and also there's a cult. I definitely used and... my like editor in chief power. I was like. I really need a flowchart. Yeah. <laughs> Can you go back and publish a flowchart in this piece? Yeah. And they're like, that'll be really hard to make. They put one in there. It's still very confusing. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, Samsung, which is embroiled in a bribery corruption scandal that literally did just bring down yeah. the president's up. Korea. Embroiled, like, on fire. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These jokes will never stop nope. coming. They really think it's over. I think Samsung is like, yep, handled that. Yeah, we no have problem. an eight-point checking system now. And yeah. moving along. <laughs> It's like we're, we're going to make sure they don't explode by looking at them real close. <laughs> but the thing is leaking everywhere. Yep. It's a big moment for them. Yep. It, I don't know. What do you think? I think that's what phones look like now. Like yeah. You've, the, the, all the leaks are like it's a big screen and there's no buttons on the front. And I don't know. It's fine. Like the thing that we saw is like we definitely know for sure that like the home button fingerprint or the, the, button, the power button fingerprint sensor is on the back. Literally right next to the camera lens. Very confusing. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. Yeah, choice there are going to be a lot of smudges on those pictures. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's going to be awful yeah. for the two weeks you have it before it explodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just sitting there. You know what so, I love about Samsung? Is even though all the jokes are easy, they're still funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's never not funny that the phone's exploded. Yeah. So, uh, it's true. <laughs> Funny I mean, thing. it's awful for the people whose phones exploded. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. The, but uh, I think they still found some joy in it. How can you not? I'll be honest. If my iPhone exploded, I'd be like, that is badass as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I would have gotten a second phone. I would have vined it back, um, you know? I saw That Casey, would have been their worst nightmare. I'm going to tell the story. It might be a little out of bounds when I tell the story. I saw Casey Neistat last night. And I asked him what phone he was using. And I, he's like, I have an S7. I don't like it. He doesn't like the radius of the the curve on the edge. It's like, I just don't like it. I asked for the regular seven. But what I really wanted was the Note 7. And Samsung was so afraid that Casey Neistat would, like, be exploded that they personally, like, went to him. They're like, you have to give us this Note 7. They showed <laughs> and he, up like, bought them. He was like, no, I love it. And, like, Samsung was like, no, this will be really bad if you explode. <laughs> like, you're very oh, famous. Man. <laughs> give us the phone. That must be so amazing when there's just a knock at the door and there's just two men from Samsung there, like, with a briefcase. They're, like, kind of buff. <laughs> Sir. We need to see the so, Note 7. The, phone. the one thing I will say about whatever the S8 brings is that you know that whatever Samsung does, it's going to be very conservative around the battery because they don't want another exploding phone. They have to make up for the disaster that was the Note. And that's unfortunate because battery technology is something that generally does not improve much year over year. I mean, lithium-ion battery technology specifically generally just gets better, but in like single digit percentages, maybe 10% maybe better a year, right? And companies have to do all kinds of creative things with software and processors to try to get you the most battery life possible. Yeah. And this is not likely not going to be an advancement year because of everything that happened. It's going to be a year where it's like, okay, the battery just works and <laughs> yeah. doesn't explode and that's it. So the uh, mm -hmm. LG G6, which everybody except Vergecast listeners have forgotten about because it was released and did what all LG phones do, which is disappear. Yeah. Uh, Vergecast well, out yet. You can't buy well, yeah. whatever. I'm sure they're going to try and market the phone. We only know, we only care about it because it was the inspiration for Scissor Vodka. Yeah. Snipped up through the night. There it is. <laughs> uh, Why are we not drinking vodka? What I the fuck is wrong uh, with us? They, like, in the most brand activated <laughs> environment in the entire world, 
We didn't drink vodka. I mean, it's I'm sorry. We'll do better. In the afternoon. Uh, that stops me it? from drinking it this is. beer. Uh, they explicitly said they when they told me about the G6, they're like, they t- they talked for like 20 minutes about the metal frame around the battery, and they said they could have got, put a bigger battery in it. They could have crammed more battery in it and chose not to because yeah. they knew because the, the carriers did not have the risk tolerance to do it. So like that thing could have longer battery life. They chose to put a smaller battery in it. I am sure that Samsung's going to do the same thing. Yeah, and I'm sure Samsung's deal with all the carriers this year is like basically a single sheet. Yeah. It's like, it's on you. Yeah. It is time. Yeah. You promise, right? And they're like, no one runs this company. They're all in jail. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, they already got punished. No, the only thing we really, like, there's some details about, like, what's it like without a home button on the front? Stuff that we don't know. But mm-hmm. the big thing we don't know is the nerdiest thing, which is how yes. is that DeX desktop thing going to work? It's called DeX, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is, we have talked about this. Yeah. A thousand, not DeX in particular, but the dream where you take your phone, you plug it into a dock, and it becomes a this computer. This is like the continuum dream. Or yes. The, okay. Right. And Tom Warren just reviewed, has a terrible name, the HP Elite X3 Something. Pro 25. Enterprise edition. Just, yeah. just keep running off numbers <laughs> LG, and letters. Or, or, you'll get oh, there. Or GLTE. But Max like, Touch. The Continuum stuff isn't great because yeah. it's just your phone shit blown up and they're like it's a little bit more desktopy. But mm-hmm. the, the thing you want is a you. The thing you want is desktop Chrome. Right. Right. That's otherwise. What, uh, wait. Wait. What do you want? Web OS. Web OS. Yeah. I'm just gonna That's go good. lay down. Thank you. I'll pay you your twenty bucks later. <laughs> that was a prearranged troll. <laughs> I haven't brought up Palm at all in this podcast. I know. That I, I made the signal. That's no. why I started screaming. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you want. You want a desktop web browser and no mobile product offers right. that. Right. Samsung isn't going to be able to offer that to you. Are you kidding me? Oh, they totally could. Motorola did it four years ago at the Atrix. They had And that was Firefox. a rip-roaring success. Oh didn't leave yeah. them selling themselves to Google and then being sold off for scrap to Lenovo. Look, that's I'm, what they were like. Lenovo's like, you know what we want is that fucking Atrix tech. This, the, their desktop mode is going to be pretty useless. It's yeah. going to be pretty bad, but it is going to be a feature bullet that is going to maybe sell a few more phones because people will think of the dream. I'm like, oh my God, I could do this thing. And then they'll do the thing and it'll be like, Eh, it's not very good, and then they'll never do the thing, but they'll still have the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is it's another Trello card for us. Yes. Yeah. 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 We have to write a story about the dream. Well, it's like an ongoing Trello card that we have, like write about dream. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so here's my my big question. This is a trend that virtually every mobile operating system and manufacturer, except for Apple, has engaged with in some way. Okay. Right. So yeah. Motorola has done it. Samsung has thought about doing it. Microsoft pinned its hopes and dreams on it. Mm-hmm. So that was great. We all really enjoyed that. Google, it seems like it's they're doing trying it to... from the other direction yeah. by putting Android apps on Chrome, but yeah. Is everyone doing that just because it's a thing to do or because it's a good idea? I think it's because nobody has any more ideas for <laughs> software. They're like, well, we've done everything we could think of on the phone, and we've definitely done everything we can think of on a computer. So let's just start taking stuff from the one and putting in the other and vice versa. Like, that's, that's been the story of uh, Mac OS for the past two years. Yeah. They've done nothing to Mac OS that's interesting except, like, slap some iPhone crap on it. Right. Yeah. They made the mouse cursor a lot bigger when you uh, move it really quickly. That never works. Which is really me. exciting. I can never get that. They color coded labels. I mean, they labeled. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is definitely only working. <laughs> you know like what I mean? Ten percent of the time. Yeah. I tried to do this. Uh, no, I think it has to do also with the way people are consuming apps. The way people yeah. are just obsessed with mobile apps and are showing. A, you know. Are they still obsessed with mobile? apps? I think so. I mean, I think we've sort of 
capped out in terms of how many each of us use on a single device, but just in terms of people have shown they're willing to spend money on apps and app stores. App stores are making money. I think that has to, I think, I think there are some things that maybe um, have been done in terms of just privacy on mobile from the ground up that maybe are starting to influence the way things are being done on desktops. I don't know. I mean, Maybe, maybe I'm just taking a sort of optimistic view and saying, yes, these tech executives definitely have an idea of what they're doing in the merging of mobile OSs and desktop OSs. I, 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 which is uh, probably mm. not the case. And yeah. maybe they're just throwing a lot of mud at the wall. But I think we're, like, it's the yeah. way we use these that is driving that at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. Casey, what do you think? Uh, I think that there is a world where the technology gets good enough that Apple can essentially put Mac OS uh, and iOS on the same device. You plug it into a dock, it shows up, and maybe it justifies them charging you another like three, four hundred dollars on your phone. It's like a sort of mega premium you I know, don't iPhone they, extreme. I, Apple of all companies is never, never. doing that. Yeah. Where you plug a, a monitor into your phone and it just becomes a Mac. I don't know. I mean, I think, well, what makes the Samsung thing interesting is if it generates enough attention to put pressure on them in the same way a larger Galaxy put pressure on them to release a larger phone, right? Like, they're not immune to the competitive pressures out there. And I think that somebody probably will develop a pretty good phone that is also a pretty good desktop operating system. It's just a lot more likely to look like a Chromebook than a sort of full-fledged uh, Mac OS, at least yeah. in the next five years. Yeah, but then I look at something like this, which is super this light. This is my little MacBook. This by is the way. I know Listeners. it's a twelve inch, twelve inch MacBook, super light. Doesn't have the world's best processor. I think it's a Core M, yeah. right? If I remember correctly. And but you it, you look at this and it's essentially a shell for your desktop operating experience, right? It's this doesn't really take anything. I, I'm I'm having a hard time. The circuit board is like not that right much now. bigger than a phone circuit yes, board. It's exactly. just a battery and a screen. And it's not much for you to carry this around South by Southwest. You know, it doesn't hurt your back. It's not ridiculously heavy. It's not ridiculously yeah. cumbersome or anything like that. So I look at something like that and I'm like, well, why not just carry this around like you're doing rather than yeah. expecting this to run a full desktop operating system? Yeah. And it's, Dieter, did you bring a tablet with you? You brought your Switch. I brought a Switch, yeah. I think the Switch is going to destroy tablets. It's the most optimistic reading of that thing, because Nintendo probably can't make enough to sell. Yeah. Because that is the Nintendo story. But it's not a device that can play good games and yeah. then can run Netflix, which it should be able to do in a year or so. Right. Why, w why would you buy your kids any other thing? Mm. It'll destroy Android tablets, which is not a hard thing to do, <laughs> <laughs> like, at all. Uh, but it, there's no way it'll ever, like, there's no way the software, like, the tablet stuff on it is ever going to approach, like, iPad status. That's not happening. But I think the future of the iPad is, like, enterprise apps. Right. Right? It's yeah. the, the, like, the guy from the gas company is, like, I've come to check your meat, and then he, like, types, like, yep. it's that sort of, like, single-purpose experience. Whereas I, I just, for consumers, like, I don't. I have an iPad. Well, I, I've not thought about buying a new iPad. They, they can put out as many new iPads as they want, yep. and I don't know what I would do with that new one. That I mean, I'm when not I, my when I got when I when I was packing to come here yesterday, I definitely like packed all my stuff and then laid out on my bed my iPad, my Switch, and my uh, Kindle e-reader. And I just sat there and stared at them for a while. Yeah. And this? This is the saddest story like, I've ever heard. And you were like, fuck words. I like pictures. <laughs> and I took the switch. I live in the future. <laughs> 
then you looked at your neural ski cap and you decided to use that. But I like, think what you want to do with a tablet when you travel, you want to watch Netflix. You a t-shirt that says fuck words, but it'll be written. Yeah. So you get the whole... Yeah. Wait, explain it Because you can't again. express that in a photo. You can't express it in a photo. I don't get it. I would like all of you to send me a photo that you think expresses the concept of fuck words. You just tweet at me, I'm at Reckless. I'm dying to see what this looks like. <laughs> just figure Your out, mentions you are about to get weird. Yeah, yeah, that's what Twitter is for. <laughs> yeah. Being a little disturbed. Yeah. So lastly, we're kind of running out of time here. Casey, okay, so I want you to talk about Twitch because there's a bunch of Twitch things happening. Yeah. yeah. They launched a Twitter clone. They hired somebody from Twitter. They had the, the best Twitter client for Android. And then he went to work for Twitter, and then he bailed on Twitter for like after like six months. Yeah. So this is my secret conspiracy theory, which I sort of only is maybe seventy percent. Only ad tech conspiracy. It all comes about. back to ad tech. <laughs> Hear me out. Um, so. Uh, Twitch is the streaming service owned by Amazon. It is most famous for being a place where people live stream games. Um, it, it kind of does some YouTube-like things, but they introduced a feature called Pulse this week, which enables you to, if you're a broadcaster, you just have a, an account on the platform, you can just write text, you can send images, you can send uh, GIFs and other memes, or you can promote your broadcast by actually including the videos. And it appears on the homepage, or at least it's rolling out now uh, in kind of reverse chronological order, it's just like a baby Twitter. And then right after that happened, yes, they hired um, the Twitter Android developer. So I don't think Amazon is necessarily trying to destroy Twitter, but I think at the very least... Also, the easiest thing to do. About, well, Wait, what's easier to destroy, Android tablets or Twitter? It's a good question. I mean, actually, a lot of things have tried to destroy Twitter, and nothing quite has. Um, yeah. But it does look like a wounded gazelle out there. <laughs> but, but what I would say... Uh, just limping along. Yeah, it's just like, hmm. And if you're like Jeff good Bezos... Geo reference. Yeah, you yeah. can kind oh, that's of... That's good. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? You were in the Nat Geo space for an hour and you started just doing wildlife yeah, That's right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I promised them I'd get in at least one wildlife reference before the end of the show, yeah. and now I've fulfilled my contractual obligation. Yeah. So anyway, I just think it's interesting to think about, you know, has Amazon essentially pulled an Instagram stories on Twitter where they've kind of taken the part of Twitter that would be most interesting to their user base and now they've just built it into their own product. How much further are they going to go with this? Mm. They, they just released a desktop app this week, which is sort of another thing you need to do if you want to replace Twitter. Um, but after I wrote about this, some people started uh, tweeting at me saying, well, no, they're really just trying to go after Discord, which is this kind of separate experience that people use to have voice chat during uh, yeah, their multiplayer yeah. gaming. So it, it's like all kind of a mystery box, but I, like I just love the idea that Bezos is like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go rebuild Twitter." Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I, and if I were gonna do it, like Twitch is exactly the kind of wedge you need, just with like an insanely rabid community that's already looking at something for eight hours a day. Well, yes. the interesting idea Absolutely. there is that you don't they they don't necessarily have to like replace Twitter to be successful, but they basically like it's like Dropbox. Like uh, Steve Jobs famously didn't buy Dropbox because he said, "You're not a company, you're a feature." And maybe that's fundamentally the problem with Twitter. Twitter isn't a company, it's a feature. Of, but Can you imagine Twitter or an Amazon clone, Twitter clone on Amazon not for Twitch? Like, just bought Glad trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> just ordered more kitty litter oh with my, my gosh. E commerce social network. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was that. Uh, the that dream company. of South by Southwest. <laughs> I mean, Again, if there's one place where you could you should just wander the streets, there's a lot of dumb money here, man. <laughs> I mean, actually, like Venmo is arguably the e-commerce social yeah. network, right? Yeah. Don't do that to me, yeah, man. Let's not get into it. Let's Come not get into it. We only have 13 uh, seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with those 13 seconds, we'll wrap it up. Uh, we're doing this again in two days. So apologies to all of you. We'll punish a new group of people. 
uh, in a couple days. But there's a bunch of other podcasts to listen to, most of which are superior to this one. For example, Lauren Good's podcast, Too Embarrassed to Ask. Uh, you talked about it earlier. You, did, uh, you. you had Mary Lou Jepsen on. Yes, yeah, so we had Mary Lou Jepsen on yesterday. Kara Swisher and I are in this exact space. And uh, the video is available online right now. The audio will be soon. Mary Lou Jepsen, for those of you who don't know, is she's brilliant. She's a display technology expert who has worked for Facebook, Oculus, Google X, and she's now doing this really cool imaging startup called Open Water, where we did talk about, she did a TED talk about this. It's crazy stuff, like being able to read your neural activity. So I highly encourage you to go check that out. We got some great questions from the audience, too. So Yeah. And then Recode Decode with Kara Swisher is yep. happening on this stage. That's right. Tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow. With Veep. The members the, of Veep, the yep, producers The cast of Veep. And, and then mm-hmm. we're Mac. Which is great. Uh, But then you can also listen to Recode Media. Uh, Peter Kafka did that yesterday with Glenn Beck, which is really interesting. And then I host a show called Control-Alt-Delete with one Mr. Walt Mossberg. You can listen to that. All that's on iTunes. You can find it all. If you're here at South By, just come rolling back through this space. There's another Vergecast happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just mumbling over that because we don't have... Tuesday. Come back here Tuesday. Yeah. Well, the Owl guy's going to come back. <laughs> he's going uh, to bring his one friend who also has You have to change your Twitter handle, the Owl guy. Anyway, that's our show. Thank you guys all so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We'll be back in a couple days. We love you, Austin. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul.